Today's episode is brought to you by Cameo. If your organization is looking to adopt Chromebooks, but you need to give your people seamless access to all their apps, including Windows apps, Cameo is the simplest and most secure and most cost-effective way to deliver all the apps your people need to be productive on Chrome OS. Cameo is a Chrome Enterprise recommended virtualization solution and is deeply integrated with Chrome OS and the Google Admin Console, making it easy for you to push any app as a PWA to your Chromebooks. And now you can take advantage of a special Chrome OS and Cameo bundle that makes it easier than ever to test. If you're interested, you can head over to cameo.com forward slash unbox. That's C-A-M-E-Y-O dot com slash unbox or click the link down in the show notes. This episode is brought to you by the official coffee of the Chromecast podcast, Fresh Roasted Coffee, who we've partnered with to make a special edition Chrome Unboxed anniversary blend. Here at Chrome Unboxed, we're not just nerdy about Chromebooks, we're also coffee snobs. And look, we wasted a lot of time hand roasting coffee before we found Fresh Roasted Coffee, and we haven't looked back since. This coffee is roasted fresh to order, immediately packaged, nitrogen flushed and shipped directly to your door. And although we can't officially say that this Chrome Unbox Edition tastes any better than the normal anniversary blend, that is the word around town. But don't just take our word for it. Pick up a bag for yourself and let us know what you think. You can grab a bag over at chromeunbox.com forward slash coffee. Welcome to the Chromecast. The official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Chromecast. My name is Joe Humphrey, and I am joined today by Robbie Payne. Hey, what's up, guys? And Gabriel Brangers. Good morning. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year, everyone. It is 2021. As you're listening to this, truth be told, we are recording this on Thursday, New Year's Eve. Because I'm looking at you and judging you because you're saying New Year's, and it's not. It's not. And in the last podcast, I said, we'll see you in 2021, so we have to put it out on Friday, so that I'm right. Right. So Major- what this majority is vote boils. It is, it is 2021. See, if, if it I don't, is 2021 right now. If I don't comply, Joe just won't edit the podcast. <laughs> right. so. I'll be like, exactly. man, something came up. I'm sorry. My mom uh, needs me to go help her move something. She's moving. She's, <laughs> She's moving. moving. Your mom's moving? <laughs> yep, today. New, new, new year, new me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, man. Can't get to the podcast today. She uh, needs my truck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. Uh, Happy New Year. Yeah, and, you know, hello I think, from the past. Yeah, hello, <laughs> hello from 2020. A crazy, crazy year. Yeah, so you know, we want to kind of talk through some of what happened in 2021, and no, we're not, we're not going to mention the 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 coronavirus. We're just not going to mention it. You just did. Nope. We're going to move right past it. I mean, I said it that one time. That's the one time it's going to be stated, and then from. Now on, we are talking Chromebooks and Chrome OS. Yeah, because at the end of the day, everybody knows what happened. Yeah, exactly. We all lived it. We and you all don't dealt need, with it. You don't need our opinion on it. We're here no. to talk about Chromebooks. Yeah. Chrome so. OS. Because <laughs> it's, it's still around. It's not like, <laughs> Sorry. It's not like, it's not like tomorrow oh, it's, it's going to be like, poof, it's yeah, gone. It's 20, it's what, 20, wait, what? It's 2021. And, Despite and what Donald gone. Trump told you, <laughs> this is not going to happen. I know he said it was going to vanish. Yeah, it's just, it it's not going to do that. It didn't, unfortunately. So here we are, and uh, yeah, but it's it's a new year, and, and that means, uh, you know, just some 
some uh, uh, rejuvenation and and some new excitement. So I mean, reflection, reflection, introspection. <laughs> yeah, well, it lots feels of like that we should stuff. play some of that Wonderful. massage music. You know, that's yeah. just like, like low pans. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll edit that in. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Just, just lay it down. A little <laughs> please, sound bed. It's a little don't. sound bed. <laughs> please. The one do. time I did s- some smooth jazz at the end was really funny. So we'll see. We'll see. We gotta be careful out. with how relaxing the the sound bed is. Though. Yeah. So people listen while they're driving. That would yeah. be good. They're like. Yeah, I mean, like, we've got the sleepy. office all warm and toasty right now. It's like <laughs> Gabe has a blanket on. <laughs> Where does, is my blanket? I don't know, man. It's in the office. Yeah, it's in the office. But yeah, so we kind of for this podcast we want to talk about. We want to reflect on 2020 and talk about some of the devices that came out that we really enjoyed, some of the things that we got to do that that were really fun, and and some of the you know kind of general things that happened in 2020 that uh, we think are are interesting and we want to talk through. And then for the second part part of the podcast, we're going to talk about 2021 and what things we're excited about, and you know some of the new devices coming, some of the new kind of software stuff coming that we're excited about. So let's hop right into it. Let's hop into I think one of the biggest trends of 2020, we just made a video about it and it's top of mind for Robbie. So I'm sure he'll, he wants to get this out because I know he still has more to say. A video doesn't, you can't get it all out in a video. It was scripted. I couldn't, was scripted. couldn't let loose. I did <laughs> let loose. We, I, we record. So like our process, our process for scripting, like we record, you know, talking as if we're just talking and then try to, you know, script that as best as using, possible. Using the pixel. Yeah. These guys have to go get a pixel to get yep. it done. I actually sit can't down. do it on their OnePlus. No, no, I mean probably could, but I couldn't. Can't use Google's transcription, and their transcription's and it's so great. Good. Um, and and what what's beneficial about their little sound recorder is that it records the audio and transcribes too. So, like you when you're going back. back to edit that script, sometimes like the way we speak and the way that we write is so vastly different, and so it's yeah. nice to be able to listen back to the way that you said that one yeah. thing because it transcribes it a lot of times without any punctuation. I'm like. What is this yep. mess of words on the screen? Why, right? why, why do I, I say ha- Why do I have two paragraphs that are a run-on sentence? But a lot of times when you talk, we talk in run-on sentences. Because it's, I remember a couple of years ago, we actually, we scripted, we tried, we tried scripting stuff before we recorded. So we would write a script yeah, this and is, then record it. And if you listen to that, it sounds like you're reading a news article. It does not right. sound like you're talking naturally right. to the camera, which is yeah. why doing it this way is so much better. But then you have to figure, yeah, it's you just, figure out how to write weird. the way you talk. Yeah. So we're going to get to the thing that we're actually talking about here in a minute. Yeah, but, anywho, but but that's yes. one of the that's what that is one of the cool thing yeah, about twenty twenty that, that has we'll made us that. yeah that has made us um, you know uh, 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 more efficient and and hopefully be able to put out even more content in 2021 as we get more proficient at this process that we're talking about you know the the youtube channel has just it's it's crazy it's like we were starting off the year trying to get to 100,000 and now we're sitting here at 160,000 and it's like it just cool so the entire time that it took us to get to 100,000 <laughs> page views we've done 60% page of that page views good golly uh, yeah, yeah, uh, uh uh subscribers we now have you know one six yeah what do we have coming in the year 80 probably eighty thousand at the beginning of the year yeah something like that because yeah. that's about when we were like okay like we're 75 we're even it was like 75 something but think about that we've it took, it took us, us years yeah. to get to that point we doubled it in this yeah. in 2020 yeah in one year um and that's just the scale and scope of the internet that's kind of mind-boggling yeah uh, yeah but yeah like you're saying that the, the some of the things we're trying to put in place is to just make better, better content and, and, and just be more efficient. And when we have ideas, be able to take that idea and execute it without 
a barrier there. And a lot of times, like, I mean, videos are hard, man. Like, it's hard to sit in front of a camera and get your thoughts out. Without um, ums and uhs. Yeah, without yeah, all that and, yeah. stuff. And and uh, it, just in general, you know, our new studio that we have, and we're even going to make some more improvements to it hopefully here soon. Like, just getting into this space and having the the room in here to move around. We have, like, a couple cool shots that we do, and it's, like, just that alone, being able to walk in. And all the gears here, it's all set up. Like, think yeah, back so to... So, there you go. That's another thing. That, think back like, to the beginning of the year. We were setting up and tearing down stuff at... at I no, just, this year we had... At the we had that this studio, year we had that we? other studio. Um, but, I don't know. There was something about it being... Because it's literally it across, was, like, the office it was complex weird. thing that we're in. And now we've moved in... The podcast was set up in our in our main office, um, so it kind of cramped in that whole space. And so we we've got room in here for a podcasting, and we've got you know all storage. our shelving storage, Oof. so all our stuff boxes. Not all over the place, <laughs> all the boxes we had floating around. It just yeah, the the flow we've gotten in since we moved into this area, I think, has been yeah, uh, it's been pretty awesome. And so uh, it's it's nothing like flashy or crazy special, but it's just room <laughs> to do the stuff we need to do. It doesn't look like Marquez's studio. No. If you've seen Marquez Brownlee's few, new studio. Few people's studios do. Yeah. Right. But that's the evolution a, is awesome because it's just been a year and a half. And now, I mean, having the dedicated space where we can just walk in, sit down. I mean, sometimes we move the desk or we change some stuff around, yeah. but the studio is just there. And if you look at Marquez, he started out in his bedroom. So right. exactly. yeah. the evolution just takes time. That's yeah, yeah, exactly. It does. Uh, so, yeah, for anybody who's listening who has subscribed and helped helped us grow there this year, I mean, just huge thanks for that. It's it's uh, it's it's been really interesting here, especially towards the end of the year, as um, as we've as we've hired on Michael Perigo, and he's cranking out some awesome articles. That's freed us. It, it, part of our kind of plan of doing that is so that we can have a little bit more time to focus on creating video content and, and making YouTube videos that we think are you know helpful and informative for people, like you know how tos and that sort of stuff. Like we've been cranking out a ton of those, but then also just these kind of more editorial, like thoughtful, like I'm really going to sit and think about this message that I want to convey. Right? right. And having the freedom to do that. So, yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, it, 2021 YouTube for us is going to be, is going to be big. We, 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 this was the first year past two years. We've been trying to put out a hundred videos, uh, 20, 2019. It was like five short. <laughs> we ended up putting out like 95 videos. And then this year, if I get this video out, uh, I'm planning it to get this one edited today. I think it'll be 130 three or four yeah so that, that um, was a cool uh, yeah. milestone to kind of yeah. crest over we didn't realize we did no jo- Joe I miscounted had, i number all of the the video files and i got off somehow so yeah i don't know what happened but yeah we, so we were working I was on like, 99 and it was like oh that's a, oh, that wait. was 100 oh Oops. wait i clicked into youtube and clicked publish and counted them all and uh yeah we had already hit 100 i was like oh great okay well i'll just yeah we, we did it Good job, guys. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah it'd be cool yeah. to, to see us at 150, maybe, or something like that yeah. next year. Yeah, um, it's like, or even if even if even if the even if the volume doesn't go up a ton, just the quality of what goes yeah, out. Yeah, the types you know, of videos, like the and, types right, of content. Yeah. We've been kicking around ideas for some other stuff that we we want to kind of dabble in, and and some of these ideas that we've had will allow us to create quick turn videos that that we can put out you know quickly and then joe's joe's working on doing some stuff with the podcast as well so uh the quality will still still be there the videos may just be different than what we yeah do right now on yeah. top of what we already do right. yeah so. exactly yeah exactly so um so yeah <laughs> getting off here but that's okay we wanted to talk about this stuff 
Yeah, uh, I mean, still, this stuff yeah. fits into We're cool stuff from twenty twenty. Cool stuff that happened. Um, you know, that's a, this is stuff that happened with with us as a company, but yeah. you know, uh, in general, it's just cool stuff we can look back and reflect on yeah. and think. Because I think the whole the whole start of all of this was scripting. To talk about what yeah it was, it was <laughs> the video. Scripting, we haven't even said what that was. What it is? <laughs> the thing is a teleprompter. Yeah, um, and that was a fun fun thing too. Like we got the if you look it up online the uh, parrot. Uh, they're owned now by who is that? Screen, uh, Padcaster, uh, Padcaster or something like that. Um, and it's meant to be a mobile, like quick turn teleprompter. Mm-hmm. So it's a little teleprompter thing that goes on the end of your camera and your phone slips into it and that's it. And we got it. We we had used it prior mm-hmm. and, uh, and we got it in and it was cool. And then we put our wide angle on it and it was like, Uh-oh. oh, <laughs> that's no good. Uh, so we had to do some, some, uh, some shopping and what's this one? Glide, Glide gear. Glide gear. Yeah, they and make like big, they make like professional teleprompters for, yeah. you know, broadcast studios. This thing's stuff. like the size of a laptop. Yeah. Big. Uh, but it handles our wide angle lens mm-hmm. and, uh, it's, it's, it's a unit. <laughs> it's, it's beefy, but, uh, <laughs> it does a job. Boy. Yeah. yeah. It, it'll, it'll feel better with the, uh, We'll talk about that in 2021, some of the upgrades yeah. that we're looking at. So yeah. it'll, it'll fit a little better with some of that stuff. Yeah, for uh, sure. But yeah, so yeah. Tel- uh, po- uh, uh, teleprompting was, was yes. what we were referring to. Yeah. We got there. Yeah, yeah. We made and it what, what we even said before that was oh, yeah. the, the, the script that you were working on and the yes. teleprompting of all of that uh, was for mid-range Chromebooks of 2020 and, and, and how uh, almost unexpected it, it kind of came to be i think like i don't know that we went into ces thinking oh man 2020 is going to be the year of mid-range chromebooks like we're going to get these devices they're awesome and they're going to be cheap and no we flew to vegas anticipating the premium market exploding and it literally it kind of did as far as devices that were launched but that spawned the birth of the powerful really good mid-range market speaking so. of which as we sit here with our chromebooks in front of us two of the ones that i mentioned in that video are the ones on the desk did they're the take, ones in use did you take the duet back in there i, I did the I, I let it die it's got my mad. son's mad. i let it die and then <laughs> i got a new uh battery charger i'm testing uh from rav power like thirty thousand milliamp hours and it's 90, it's just, 90 watt charging it's just a matter of figuring out the yeah, I don't. Because like with the anchor, yeah, with the anchor I have, it has one button on it. That's the power button. Yeah, that's how this but one that is. power button has different options. So you have uh, to hold it a certain. To, to, like it switches the firmware to yeah. output. So you're and, telling me I should have read the directions? Probably, the possibly. Yeah. yeah. The anchor still hit or miss though. But yes, I do know that there are different power settings that mm. you can change on the with there the power button. See, my my Rav power I have I've carried for a couple of years now. It's, it just worked. It literally it? just always yeah. worked. It just did the right thing all the time yeah so i kind of expected this one's simple it's got one button and two ports on it and it's a big just a big hunking block yeah uh but we need to i need to really test it because i need to like charge the macbook and all that kind of stuff with it but anywho it did have the duet in here too and another device these are all devices that showed up in 2020 and honestly two of them you know were at ces um and kind of a cousin of this Spin 713 was at C. Remember the Spin 712 mm-hmm. uh, that we we held the screen and yep. people thought we did a fake photo with that one. Yeah. Uh, nope. It was hilarious. really that. Bendy. They never sent us. They never sent us one to review. <laughs> no, they didn't. Did uh, they not? I nope. thought we had one. Mm-hmm. No, we never got to review. We had it. like a weird eight gig version or something. Yeah. And we never got one. Because no. it's also the 871, right? I it's, think so. Yeah. That's their internal model, oh, but it's okay. the. Chromebook 712, I think. Yeah. Anyway. That was the um, one that was on Fox News, wasn't it? 
they use yeah, some of that they footage. Use yeah. That footage. That was really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, another another cool thing. That happened we this year, didn't it? Yeah. We were on broadcast television yeah, for a little bit. Fox yeah, business. That's yeah. pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so that just like Gabe said, and this wasn't. We literally didn't discuss this going in, but this is the script of the video I just did. Like we rolled into CES with these. My expectations were completely pumped for I mean, the, the Samsung Galaxy. The Galaxy, Chromebook. man, we were. We didn't so even know what it was. I remember yeah. the the press release. We were waiting for. Um, uh, no, wait, we did have that because we thought people broke embargo on it. People had hands on video, like we knew kind of the basics. I think we got some embargo yeah. stuff. Um, the, the embargo technically lifted. Like we were sitting in the airport getting ready to fly to Vegas, and we're looking at our stuff going what the heck yeah because it was something stuff? weird because like google announced like an hour before samsung's it, it oh, was yeah, just they were yeah, all yeah well all of our stuff came through google yeah and samsung had their own embargo yeah. like cool way to way to work well, together well and knock that out. anywho um but yeah those are the ones we were excited about and and rightly so like that when you look at it from the surface level the, the samsung galaxy chromebook it almost you know checks every box you could possibly want like and, and I'd just gotten into the mode of thinking, if I'm going to get a Chromebook that I want to use, that I'm going to love using, it's I'm going to have to pay premium money for it. Like, I'd gone from yeah. a Pixelbook. I never liked the Pixel Slate that much, but it was very premium and nice uh, to a Pixelbook Go. You know, I had the, the $1,000 Pixelbook Go for a little while. And, you know, like, that's just the price range I'd gotten used to operating in. Um, and even the, the Spin 13, which is the predecessor to the 713, it was nine hundred to twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, I mean, I used the i five forever, and I mean, I loved it. But I, you knew if you were going to buy it, you were going to pay at least eight hundred bucks for that. Yeah, right. it's still even now it's six fifty seven hundred dollars. And so it's just like that was just that that's what you thought. And the the point I try to make in the video is that that there's that market going into CES last year, and then there was the mid range market. So I even went back and looked at last year, twenty nineteen. What did we say? Uh, here are the best Chromebooks of the year. Look, let's look at that four to six hundred dollar range. It's kind of gross. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Acer or Asus C four twenty five, which if you've never messed with it, feels pretty darn cheap. Yeah, I mean they cheaped out on a lot of stuff there. Bad display, pl- all plastic bottom. You know, it 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 brought over a couple of the things from the four thirty four. And while we're talking about it, the four thirty four that never came down, barely below like what five seventy nine mm-hmm. or something. Um, you know, it had a plastic terrible trackpad on it. That always gunked up and was just awful to use. The, the regular nice. consumer, the one that sold so much, it was only four gigs, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, only four gigs. So. And a Core M3, eighth gen, yeah. which was kind of slow. Um, and an <sighs> okay screen, you know, but like not a flagship. Lot, yeah, Definitely just a lot not. of trade offs, and it always was a little too expensive, but it, it wasn't great. It was, it you felt the, the trade offs. It was the least amount of trade offs. The 433 that came out was pretty terrible the only really good mid-range chromebook that I, that comes to mind last year was the original x360 14 and think about the caveats that but come with it though like the it tech what, what was our mid, what was our mid-range price last year four to six okay so it just it it, it barely it was 599 retail right we, yeah we put no it yeah i think so yeah and because it, it went on sale for like 429 all, all the time but and at that price it's great but but it was a 64 gig. It had a really dim screen, yes. chunky bezels, and the hinge was kind of The wobbly. hinge was an issue that we sent ours back for that reason. Yeah. The hinge was... Had an all-plastic bottom. Like, caveats. They were just constantly, there was always like, hey, if you're going to spend that much money, you just know. You're going right. to pick this thing up, and you're going to immediately pick up on a handful of things. If you don't want those, go to the premium level, and you're going to pay 
somewhere around a thousand bucks. That was just where it was. And that's how we rolled into CES. Like that's, that's the mentality. Cool. Here are the nice Chromebooks. These are the ones we get it really excited about. And, Oh, I think Lenovo is going to have some flex five thing or something. And they're going to have this cheap tablet that we pretty much know we're going to pick up and hate. So let's go to CES and we go to CES and it's not like we looked at the galaxy and the Asus and thought, Oh God, these are not going to be great. No, it's a showroom thing. You know, we looked at them and we're like, Wow. I mean, yeah, I mean the Galaxy ex- was crazy exciting because Samsung had dedicated <clears throat> two separate spaces to this. They had an entire booth set up in the in the breezeway where you walk around the outside of the, mm-hmm. you know, the walkway and it was just rows of these Galaxy Chromebooks. I mean, the the flare was there. It was great. And it's a beautiful Chromebook. It oh, really yeah. is. It was just getting into it and using it for a month. It's like uh, whoops! <laughs> There's some things wrong with this. Yeah. <laughs> and the Acer, the Asus was the same way. Like what well, we went and saw it. They, oh yeah, I was most. It excited wasn't flared. About, there yeah. was only one. I was most <laughs> excited about that because I just loved the way that it looked, and I just thought it had a lot of potential. But it, one, it was it let down. In there were those caveats that you had with it. Not a ton, but enough that it's like, man, this thing's a thousand dollars, right? And it's never it's on sale right now for forty seven dollars off retail, and that's ridiculous. <laughs> you should be able to buy that Chromebook right now for seven ninety nine, yeah, and then it's, it's kind of worth it, kind of. Yeah, well, the yeah. the retail of it was seven ninety nine. Well, there's the, I'm talking uh, about the bigger, the bigger one. one, yeah. It, it, but like at the show, you know, we looked at those and we were relatively impressed, and it was fine. And we and we walked away, and I was like, cool. There's there's your expensive Chromebooks, and then we went to Lenovo's booth, and we got our hands on the duet and it was like, Holy crap. Like, are you sure this thing's going to be 300 bucks? Yeah. Like, Cause we knew, we knew it was going to be that price. And we yeah. were like, wait a minute, this, this must be a different model. Is this one? Like we, we were expecting like the $300 one was going to be like 32 gigs of Ram and a dim display. I'm like, right. no, this is <laughs> it. it. Yeah. And, and, and it wasn't even, it was the 64 gig model. Yeah. The 128 is two ninety. Well, it's two forty nine right now. Yeah. And, it, and, and it constantly went on sale. Like, it it was just like mind boggling that like this device was as good as it was. Like it yeah. just there's no way when I looked at the paper, the specs, and all the embargoed information when I walked into that room, there's no way I expected what it was. And so that was that was part one that was shocking. Yeah, and then and and then, then they're like, Hey, guy. we have this other Chromebook, would you guys want to look at it? was it technically wasn't <laughs> part of C E S. We're like, Of course we want to look at it. Of <laughs> nah. course we're Chrome we unboxed. <laughs> so they bring the Flex Five out and you know, we spent time and Gabe did a video on it and I remember looking at it and just being kind of like intrigued by it. It didn't hit me like the significance of this device, particularly I remember writing an article Crazy. like a month out of just being like this this thing could really change some things and and it absolutely did because and again this is I'm I'm pulling regurgitating stuff kind of from this this video that's going to go out but you know it brings so much of the stuff that we all wanted in the premium chromebooks down into the mid-range and not just down just barely into the mm-hmm. mid-range at the very bottom of the yeah. mid-range almost into the the cheap category and I'm not going to say that the the Flex Five feels like the the Galaxy Chromebook. It it doesn't, but it doesn't feel that far off. It doesn't feel forty percent. No, it feels like eighty percent. Um, what I mean with the you got upward firing speakers and great ports, and it's not a glass trackpad, but whatever plastic they use is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the keyboard. It's backlit and, and feels really good. Lenovo makes good keyboards. The screen, I wish, was 300 nits, but it's 250. It's IPS, good viewing angles. It's convertible, USI stylus. 
I wish they would have put eight gigs of RAM in it, but it's four gigs of RAM and what's is it sixty four internal or is it one twenty eight? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah it's sixty four. But the the thing is, like when we we started thinking about that, it's like, okay, well, when this thing comes out, how in the world do we go and and tell someone to go buy an eight hundred dollar Chromebook? Yeah. That's just like, hey, I need a good Chromebook. Okay, it's fa- is it fast enough? Sure. Does it have enough storage for a Chromebook? Sixty four is enough. I, I hate thirty two gig Chromebooks, but sixty four is it's fine. You know, the display, I don't have to be like, well, the display's kind of crappy, or if you tilt it, uh, nope, that's not a problem. Oh, you want one that converts? Yeah, that's that, too. You don't want a Chromebook's too big? Yeah, it's that. Oh, it needs a port? Yeah. It's got all the ports. <laughs> it's got everything yeah. you want it to do. Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, if this were 8 gigs and 300 nits, I would say, I would tell anyone, you want a mid-range Chromebook, affordable? Yeah. Well, I like mean, yeah, even, if it, even if it was 450, and that's the crazy thing, is right now you can get the 8 gig, 128 NVMe, it's, it's not, still an i3 is it i5? It's, it's, I5, it's still it? no, it's, it's i3. That's the Australian one, which is okay. also if you live in Australia, buy that Chromebook. It's the cheapest flagship you can buy, and it's it, it is 300 nits. But the one at Costco is 4.99, and you get eight gigs of RAM and 128 gigs of storage. You can get it for 3.99 right now. So even <laughs> if you had to buy a Costco membership, you're going to get it for 4.50. So if you're telling me I've got 500 bucks to buy a Chromebook right now, go to Costco. Yeah, Call, I mean, get oh, online, yeah. whatever. And so that that created this snowball effect of like, okay, if they can get away with that at that kind of price, then we can't now recommend um, an an Asus 434 that's going to be slower. By the way, it doesn't have the processing power, it doesn't have any more specs internally, and it doesn't really have any leg up on this device. And it's going to save you two hundred bucks. Like, why yeah. are we going to go recommend these six, seven hundred dollar, eight hundred dollar Chromebooks? If you want premium, go go get a premium device. But the luster kind of just wore off oh, on yeah. those because, as as Gabe mentioned, like the the Samsung battery life was very problematic. The there was an update that they they had to desaturate the screen to get it back to like normal because it was super saturated. Uh, but people got used to the super saturation, so then they're upset that it like my screen you took away all the vibrancy and. So there's that little debacle there. It got too hot because it had a Core i5 in it, no fans, you know, like, and it's super thin and super light, and that's great, and it looks great, but it's gonna, real world it's use, gonna it's going to burn your legs do, off. Right, <laughs> it's it's got to do its job. It's got to stay alive. Yeah. Um, and so that became problematic. The, the 436, we got it in, and none of us liked it. It wasn't like, I don't like it. Gabe loves it, and Joe's okay with it. Like, no. everybody that used it was kind of like, eh. Like, it's, this it just doesn't didn't come together. Like, it, it was a... a amalgamation of pieces that just didn't go together and it looks good on a spec sheet it's just Which not broke my heart because the c302 because we had one oh, in hand when we went so to vegas cool. in 2016 it's yeah. our first trip we weren't even supposed to have the thing what best buy, best buy just put yeah, it on yeah, sale <laughs> and i'm like man if asus is making this now oh man the future is and they've just kind of they've they've shot below the bar every yeah, yeah. They, they they every new device yeah out. every new device they were like oh this one's gonna be it no this was me and not that the 436 isn't premium it is but there's just so much it's about not premium it that, enough for the money no not even close because then then after after that all happened what happened next was the the spin 713 came out uh may june something like that it showed up and then all of a sudden you're going because i I remember this and again i I keep saying this like if you're listening to this and you watch the video you're probably going yeah we know but (laughs) if, if you didn't watch the video uh that hopefully will be out i think by the time this whatever yeah um 
when when this device came out, we really didn't believe them when they told us that the device they'd sent us a review unit of the the retail one, like the that I have now, Core i5, 128 gigs of NVMe storage and 8 gigs of RAM. Like we did not believe uh, uh, our rep when they were like, yeah, it's 629. Yeah, Robbie had reached out multiple times no. because we found we found list early listings from third party sites that had the other variations of it, and and it's not always dollar per dollar, but you can usually kind of gauge what the price increase will be when they up the processor or the RAM or this. And we're like, based on this other pricing, how in the world yeah. could this be 629? They're like, nope, that's what well, it is. And based on the the 13 that was. Out a year and a half prior, yeah. that basically eight ninety nine for the devices. same device. Yeah. yeah, so that was nine hundred. So that's up nicely up in that premium range. And so you're telling me it's going to retail for six twenty nine with all those things. You're, and I was just sure they're going to be like, oh no no no, sorry, six twenty nine is like Pentium Gold, <laughs> four gigs of RAM, thirty two <laughs> gigs of EMMC storage, ten eighty p monitor. You know, like here's the dumbed down version. It no, it it shipped at this, and it's it's been on sale decently yeah. regularly in 2020 so it's been in the 500s mid fives uh pretty regularly and this thing like where the the flex 5 at 400 does have some caveats still they're not nearly as big of, of caveats as we had last year this one barely has any like there's barely anything that yeah. th- doesn't make this thing worth every penny yeah. it's like the build isn't perfect yeah it's like but that. it's it's what, good. what do they call it in car making when things don't line up? The uh, yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, crap. Uh, like when the, the body door, gaps. The yeah, gaps when the gaps don't stuff, line up. Yeah. They call it something. Yeah. Um, it, it's like that. Oh, you know, the, you'd think I would know that. Like the manufacturing. I've <laughs> never uh, heard of that. Marquez mentioned it in his electric cars. I can't think of the name of it, but uh, uh, tolerances. The tolerances are, are, are not uh, uh, as good as they should be. Right. So do you think about like a MacBook? Or a pixel book or something yeah. like those. The tolerances are very tight. They, like, it feels like one piece. Right. <laughs> and it, they've they've not allowed, you know, the manufacturing process is not allowed for, oh, well, that bent a quarter of a degree this way or that, that way. Like, nah, that that doesn't work. So the tolerances are a little loose on this. And so there's some a couple seams that don't quite feel premium. But again, at 600 bucks For the price. <laughs> I can overlook. Yeah. That's a tiny, tiny thing to, to even think about. When I'm looking right now at this this big three by two vibrant high res super bright display, a little bit of a seam mismatch really doesn't bother me at all. And the keyboard's nice, and it's a glass trackpad, and it's backlit, and USI stylus works, and it's got the ports that have honestly come in really handy for me uh, quite a few times over the year. Um, having that full size HDMI on here and the USB A like. It has just been my go-to Chromebook, and I review stuff and come right back to it, and it's $629. And so, like, the combination of all that stuff working together, and then HP comes out in X360 14C, I don't want to write it off. I mean, it's a good Chromebook, but compared to this Chromebook, it's not as good. It's not as well-equipped. Uh, it's a little better built, so its tolerances are nice and tight. So when you hold that thing, you could probably, if you if you told somebody, like, it had an i5 and 8 gigs of RAM and... You know, 256 gigs of internal storage and the display was a little brighter on it it would be a thousand like it would look and feel like a thousand dollar chromebook 100 percent um and it's you know it's 629 as well and yeah. like hp always does it's on sale in the 500 dollar range as well and so like all of these devices doing this it wasn't like 50 devices came out in this range it was just a handful of really good ones that start to beg the question of how do you sell anything else in this price range that doesn't come with all this stuff? Like, yeah. cause there's some, the, 
Chromebooks that we would, we would call like affordable Chromebooks that once you put some decent processors and I'm talking like Price Pen- Pentium Golds and stuff Price like that and creeping up. Oh, if you get the 1920 by 1080 display and touchscreen, all of a sudden it's like five hundred dollars. I'm like, who would buy this? Why would you spend money on this Chromebook that's mostly plastic built? It's a it's a a, a, a slightly souped up version of an affordable Chromebook when you could get these mid range Chromebooks that have come down in price and have grabbed so many of the things that we desired from high end Chromebooks. Right. Why why would you why would you go buy a premium Chromebook unless you just are super finicky about build quality? And it's hard for me to imagine too many people being that much more finicky than I am. And I'm telling you, it's not bad enough that it it warrants me going and spending a thousand dollars i mean if you want to if you want to if, if you have a piece of technology that you want nitpicked just hand it to robbie Payne. It, he's gonna I'll, find I'll every to chrome unboxed <laughs> mail it to us and that's why when a lot of these uh enterprise devices started coming out we were like yeah what in the world are they t-? i mean yeah. two thousand dollars but right. that's because the only people that really need or are going to buy these ultra premium maxed out chromebooks are enterprise people who need to run stuff like parallels or they need Linux apps and they really need that processing power. There's just no need for, I can't think of a single use case for the average consumer, why you would need that kind of device. And you can get the premium build quality and all the premium fixings on a device that costs less than $700. Yeah. And so it really just, it was disruption. The thousand dollar Chromebook is dead. There's your article right there. (laughs) But I think the luster just kind of fell off of it. Like it was super shiny and fun and exciting. And I'm just not excited that much right Right. now about premium Chromebooks because like, they don't make any sense to me. I'm right, and that's me because, like me, I'm not so worried about the premiumness of the build quality or the features. I like the horsepower, but if I want the horsepower, I'll just buy a Chrome box because you can get a just jacked up Chrome box for seven hundred dollars, and then you can upgrade it if you want to. So right. there's uh, yeah, and like I'm I'm reviewing the HP Elite C1030 right now, and it's nice. I'm not going to say it's not nice. Yeah, he it's, said he was going to go grab it before we started the podcast, and he came back with the Acer, so that tells you oh, something. Oh, and I, and I mentioned this in the video, too. Like, on the weekends, I just take my Acer home with me, and so I'm constantly right now going back and forth between, you know, quote-unquote premium and quote-unquote mid-range, yeah. and I, I'll be honest with you, it's just not some big jump. It used to be. Yeah. It used to be a huge gap. Right. The gap is almost gone now, and so it did. 2021 will be super interesting to see how with the slew of Chromebooks we have coming out, like how this continues to play out because I just don't think, I think Chromebook manufacturers are figuring out like we can cut the right kind of corners. Like this doesn't have a fingerprint scanner on it. So that makes it a little bit less premium, but with pin unlock and smart unlock and all like, I don't honestly, I don't pick this Chromebook up and go, Oh man, I missed my fingerprint scanner. The HP has got it. I, I use it because it's there, but when it's not, I've got yeah. my pen that I've got memorized on my fingers. I, it's fine. It, it's not that big of a deal. It's not worth, you know, that, that device, if I spec it like this, that HP device is $1,200, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that you can get consumer-wise that's 1000 is a Core i3. So I'm taking a bump or a, a knock in, in performance in order to spend $300 more than I would on this Acer to go buy something that has a lower resolution screen on it. And I'm just like, I, yeah, it's built nicer. It is. I, you know, the keyboard's a little nicer. The build quality's a little nicer. 
but it's just not what it once was. No. It doesn't feel like I'm making all these massive sacrifices to get into this price bracket anymore. It's like, right. eh, I can make some of those. I, that, that's not that big of a deal. It right. really isn't a big deal. And anymore. that's the thing, and we're probably going to talk about this a little bit more later, but I think that's where the, the $1,000, $1,200 Chromebook may, may rise back up next year because of things like GPU and people who want that kind of performance yep. and stuff. And that's what, you know, we've seen the C13 yogas now out on the market from Lenovo and the, those devices kind of warrant a thousand dollar price tag because of what you're buying them for. But right now it's just not there because Chrome OS that there's just not a use case for it. No, uh, really it's not. like, it, it's like you still need, I think manufacturers will, will continue to make flagship because it's like you almost, you, you, you still need, um, maybe, maybe you don't long term, but, you know, at least with uh, Samsung this year, it's like you got the Galaxy. Maybe people see that in an ad or whatever, and they, they want to go buy that one, but then, you know, they end up maybe getting one of these other devices instead because they don't want to pay that price tag. You know, right. so it like, gets people in, it gets people excited about Chrome OS maybe. I don't know, maybe maybe, maybe manufacturers will, will just not even, maybe they figured out that this is the sweet spot for Chrome OS. I don't know. What it kind of feels like a little bit to me right now is that the, Manufacturers that are making it more expensive Chromebooks um, keep aiming them at enterprise, and I get it. That makes sense. I mean, that's those are the clients that like they can do that. They can aim them to aim at enterprise and deal with it on on that end. And the consumers that want to go buy them, they can buy them absolutely. Like because they have stopped like the, this new Yoga C13 ThinkPad thing that's that Lenovo's finally got available. You know, it's it's got that kind of enterprise feel. It's a ThinkPad, so like the mouse buttons are on top of the mouse because it's got the nub in the center. Like it's got that ThinkPad stuff going on that a lot of people just like or they're used to and have used for years. Clearly, it's a device that is going to take full advantage of parallels and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and so it's it's geared that way, but they're not adding enterprise to the name from a marketing standpoint. No, so. At one point, they were making these enterprise devices. Like Dell kind of does this. Dell makes those the, these last couple enterprise devices, and it very much seems like they don't give two craps about the idea that that a consumer might want that device. That they don't care. Like they don't make them easy to find. The names aren't great. Like these are clearly geared to enterprise people, and that's what they're for, and that's what they're doing. Um, and I get that if if you're going to release a good consumer Chromebook, but Dell hasn't done that in a little bit. Um, almost two years now. And so, you know, I, it felt like for a little bit, like they're going to save all the good stuff for enterprise Chromebooks. They're going to slap Chromebook enterprise and they're going to make you have to purchase them through some sort of weird channel or something. But now that feels like they're pulling back on that and they're going, okay, we'll build this with enterprise in mind. We'll build this with all the stuff that we think those customers are going to want, but we don't have to put enterprise in the, in the branding of Mm -hmm. it because they're going to be consumers that are like, I don't care to spend a thousand dollars as long as I get something that's that's premium that's high end because those new dells are they're nice yeah they're nice but they're literally there was nothing in using either one of them that made me go oh man i want to use these no and and that's the thing is i actually had the flex sitting on top of it this morning i love the the build of it and the aesthetic and the way but there's just nothing about it that makes me go yeah i'd rather use that than this (laughs) right yeah i don't know yeah so so yeah mid-range chromebooks (laughs) <laughs> 2020 for the win was man. the year just, of the uh, mid-range chromebooks well and, and one other point on these high-end chromebooks because again a lot, a lot of the high-end chromebooks are kind of geared toward because this was not true of the samsung but most of them are geared towards enterprise the views that we get on youtube for these things 
are none. terrible. None like, views. <laughs> you know, we do unboxings of them and reviews, and it's like no one cares no one, about no this one's, stuff. No one's searching for it. One, yeah, the one asterisk is Samsung, which yeah. the, the unboxing of that Chromebook yeah, was like number one. But Samsung has that kind of brand impact that people are just power, like, oh, yeah. it's a Samsung Galaxy something? Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. You know, and so... You know, there there are rumors swirling about the Samsung Galaxy Chromebook 2, and yep. you can read about that stuff on the website. I'm not going to get into all that stuff, but it actually looks like it's a move towards the middle ground. Yep. It's They're moving towards the same mid-range that everybody else is moving towards. Yeah. It's weird they're calling it the 2, apparently, if that holds. Um, you know, but the rumors look pretty legit. Yeah. Um, and... That's that's the strange move, but the move towards the middle ground makes total makes, sense makes right sense, now. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I think that's where they they found that like they everybody worked to try to push the, the the envelope up a little bit for what people accept for Chromebook prices, and it's like it almost they almost went a little too far, and they had to do that. So then now they pull the reins back. Everybody's like, yeah, five six hundred bucks, no big yeah. deal. Yep. Perfect. A few years back, five or six hundred bucks for Chromebooks. Like, are you sure you can't play that? Once just a browser. It's just a browser. <laughs> You know, yeah, all the that's yeah. what that's what Chromo as pundits sound yeah. like. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't do that. That sounds like that's just a browser. Yeah. So, Why would you pay that much money for that? <laughs> Buy a Windows PC. Exactly. Wow. That's what you should, like. that should we should make a video in your that's a character that you do. <laughs> we did my wife and I before uh, the office left Netflix tonight, uh binge through all of it. Oh man. Over the last like month and a half or so. Yeah, so I've got a little bit of Kevin Malone oh, in my yeah. head. Yeah. Oscar. <laughs> How <Yeah>. many cookies? <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. He's one of my favorite characters. Which he sure. killed it. There's another favorite thing of twenty twenty. So what was that what's that app that he made? <laughs> Cameo. Cameo. Yeah, yeah. So he was the top earner on Cameo. Yeah. Which is hilarious to which me. Which is awesome. Yeah. Apparently he really gets into it too. Yeah. Which yeah. Is, yeah which the, is I was cool. reading an article from the I guess the CEO of Cameo and he said that he every single video he does, you can tell that he just he pours himself into it. And yeah. That's why that's he's awesome. earned a million dollars on Cameo. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> uh one other quick thing. So that's that's kind of the Chromebook space and obviously there's a lot to say there because it's it was a big year for the mid-range chromebooks uh one of the quick thing i want to mention from just a consumer standpoint is the uh chromecast with with google tv and a remote so i wrote an article um uh, in 2019 april of 2019 mm-hmm. i think is what it was uh and it still gets some traffic uh because people were interested in a chromecast with a remote it was basically talking about how you can set up hdmi cec cec to do some of the basic controls of your Chromecast with just the remote that you have for your for your TV, um, and people were really interested in that. And then finally, uh, Google decided uh, that they should make a, a Chromecast with a remote, and it's fantastic. I mean, Robbie, you were saying you all handed these out for gifts. It's like it's a perfect gift for so many people because it just works so well. It's like it's like these other ones you've used, any other streaming dongle that has a remote. Uh, I think Roku, you know, Fire Stick, those. It's similar. It's a UI. Right, you get to, right. you, All your subscriptions are in there. You don't have to click around in different apps on your phone. Everything's there, and it just works. The remote is awesome. We just put out another video last week. When was that? All my weeks and days are blending together. It's 2020. I'm not sure. Uh, we did the how to kind two weeks of, ago. I think two weeks ago. How to even take that to the next level and 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 really pair your remote to the TV. I mean, there's just it's just an awesome consumer product that 
I think Google knows they just have absolutely crushed it with Chromecast, and Chromecast is one of those that, um, you know, they they, in my opinion, have the best option out there i think i think yep. the, the 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 new one you know it used to be that you used to say well go get a chromecast well it's like but i want a remote well yeah okay you're gonna have to use your phone but it's better i promise like right you can yeah do i mean stuff. that that was always my hurdle with trying to explain to people like well, yeah, but we get a chromecast for these tvs and then all you have to do well you have to from your phone or from <laughs> yeah. this <or> whatever <laughs> it's like that that eliminates all you're like hey go buy a chromecast yeah chromecast google everything TV, you need is right log there. into I mean, your stuff it, it's like 100 replaced everything that we use yep. on our oh, Roku yeah. tv it's yeah, yeah. it's, it's it yeah. is our absolute it's taken over our television it's uh, it's fantastic other and it's than 50 stadia bucks. yeah it's coming i know it's coming hold your horses we can talk about that for 2021 my horses, my horses were held like they should have got <laughs> well, stadia ready for this you thing have no horses. there's not enough people playing stadia that they cared <laughs> It's, it's had a nice <laughs> it, uptick. So it, has, I'm, it has. I'm sure that. And that's the cr- the cool thing is that six months, a year later, people that are that have been consistently playing it or still on top of the the platform are they're singing the praises. I mean, it's oh yeah. You know, Cyberpunk had a rocky rocky launch. I mean, there's lawsuits. People will get refunds and all that stuff. I've seen many many tweets from people just saying Cyberpunk has been awesome on Stadia. Yeah. It's just been, yep. it's been seamless. Yeah. And yeah. There's something it's, to be said for all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that's one of the things that I think for 2021 that we'll get to here in a second. That's something I'm excited about is seeing more people on Stadia mm-hmm. and them continue to push it because they did the whole premiere package and, you know, uh, did some bundles with that that people could go get. And they're trying to get it in front of people and let people play. But yeah. Yeah. So, uh, one other quick thing for 2020 that was really cool. This is just kind of on a, a Chrome Unbox side of things, uh, is that we finally got everything together to launch a Patreon. And this was something that uh, I personally worked on a lot, and that I'm I'm proud of, and how how awesome we were able to roll out some things that are actually valuable to people. It's not just behind the scenes stuff it we have an ad free experience now on our website which is something we had talked about trying to do and different login methods and and it was i I can't even remember how we got to it i know i was i was i was looking into how you can maybe do a login ad free experience with this and i was like dude if we do this like because uh youtube membership was just not going well yeah just one (laughs) more it's just what there was not a good way to communicate with the people that were you know, pledging to us. And it was just, it just felt weird. And we had been pushing it and, 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 you know, we had, we had grown a nice little community over there, but it just wasn't what we wanted. And so I was researching and trying to figure out some other options. And, um, through Patreon, I figured out that you can let your users log into your website with their Patreon credentials. That's so then, all I need. So then I set Robbie loose and he figured it out and, and we still need to write them an article and give that to them. So the Patreon folks reached out to us to see if we could, you know, write an article for them explaining how we did this, you know, so that other, uh, you know, brands or websites could do this. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like, I, I think that's something that people have asked us for. It's value that we can give to people that want to support us. Yep. And on top of that, I mean, there's all kinds of other stuff on there. I mean, the Discord community, I think, is worth it uh, <laughs> on its that's own been just because it's part. been so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's been so much fun. And just the like community the in streams, there. The live stream stuff's been live really fun. Live streams have been fun. You know, that's just something like obviously a bit of a promotion here, but uh, at the end of the day, this is something that we have actually like genuinely enjoyed doing oh, this yeah. year. Yeah, it's not 100%. just like oh hey go join our Patreon. Like at the end of the day, if 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 that's not 
in the books for you, that's fine. Like if you just listen to our podcast or read our articles, like that's amazing. Like thank you for right. supporting us in that way. This was just kind of that extra step, something that we could do to, you know, give even more value to people that are really interested in Chromebooks and Chrome OS. And I just love it. I think the Patreon community is is something that uh, I think I wish we would have done it sooner type deal. Yeah, you know, it's like, I do dang, too. But, you know, it's just the, the timing of things and it just worked out the way it did. And, and so for 2021, I'm really excited to see that community continue to grow. So, um Okay, folks, I think that's it. Let's take a quick break uh, for an ad and we will be right back. This podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. We recommend the service and we use NordVPN because they keep your browsing secure and private on any device. Whether you're using a Chromebook, an Android device, a Mac, an iPhone, or a Windows device, NordVPN is going to protect your browsing. They also have 24-7 customer support in case you ever have any issues, and they offer a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee so if you want to learn more and maybe give it a try, head over to chromeunbox.com forward slash Nord, N-O-R-D. Alrighty, welcome back, everybody. It is now time for 2021, what we are excited about in 2021. And because we talked so much about 2020, let me rephrase, Robbie talked so much, just kidding. It's, it, was wow. all, it was not he, all me. He had, he had a lot, he just got fresh off a of video, he he had a he he had it in his brain. It's, it was rumbling around in his brain. He had to get in, it out. It was in my brain space. Yeah, it's it's all good. No, I mean I mean really, there. I think I think twenty twenty was interesting in in uh, in in that fact. Like mid range Chromebooks, just wow, came out of nowhere, came out of left field, as they say. So let's talk about twenty twenty one. And why do they say that? I don't what? know what came comes out of, out of left, left field, field other than the left fielder or. A ball a returning out. from the left field, right? Coming out of- that has been fielded. It came out of left field, like, like that means it like came out of nowhere. Which somebody Google it. I'm looking. Left at field it. is the most commonly place to hit yeah, a ball, for, though. For so a, it's not really for a right hand pitcher, right hand batter. Left field is, huh? Now Let's we're off. We like, now we're You're off. On a, yeah, this is out of left field. <clears throat> is an American slang meaning unexpected. Phrase came from baseball terminology referring to a play in which the ball is thrown from the area covered by the left fielder to either home plate or first base, surprising the runner. Okay. Oh, because they can't see it. That makes sense. Uh, okay. If you're, yeah. if you're rounding third and yeah. coming yeah. in, you and may not know. It hits you in the back of the head. You, you may never not, saw it Yeah, coming. you may not know that the left fielder's which, thrown into home. Yeah. Man, Funny story. I have been beamed in the back of the head with a baseball running down the third baseline. That makes sense. Yeah. And um, it is a surprise. <laughs> And it says it's specifically if it's thrown to home plate or first base. That that's a surprising move to not throw to the cutoff, basically. Yes, right. Um, okay. Yes, you got to. But have of a, all the things that could yeah. be surprising, like a left fielder throwing to home or first, yeah, like, that's that, not. Yeah, that's slightly out of the ordinary. Heavily surprising? Not really. Enough to be a whole thing? No. Enough to be uh, an American Entire nation is built on that term. I know. <laughs> Coming out of left field. 2020 was out of left field. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. When the year started, we were coming back from CES. Like, did we yeah! think? <laughs> did we think? No way. We had heard, I think at that point, like late, 
middle of January, late January, you started hearing I rumors. Never, I'll, I'll remember probably for the rest of my life, uh, sometime late January, a package came in. It was one of those rando things. Yep. Every once in a while, it shows up from China oh, yeah. for us. We don't know where they come from. No. Yep. Don't know who sends them. Just, don't do anything with it them. It might be Petri dishes, or it might no. be a random It's usually like just random cables or adapters. and yeah. electronics, yes, basically. Yeah, yeah. basically. <clears throat> they so, somehow got our information and sent us something. So I'm cutting it open, and it's from China, and it... You know, at that time, this yeah. is, this was completely contained in yeah. China. You know, it hadn't yeah. really gotten out of there. And, and Gabe said, you better make sure it didn't have that coronavirus on there. And I remember that was like the first real thought of it yeah. at all that I'd yep. even had. Yeah. I was like, yep. but in my head, it was like SARS or MERS or yeah. any of those other things that are happening in a country. You see it on the news and it's like, man, that kind of sucks for them. And you move on. Like, yeah. And then a few weeks later, they canceled the SEC tournament. And it was and like, yeah. what like, a second. Because I, I went back. We were sitting on the couch the night before last. And I was like, when did, because my wife and I got really sick in February. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know for sure, but I believe that we may have had it. Uh, so I went back and looked at the texts and it was in mid to late February when we got sick. Cause I had messaged Robbie and Joe to let them know, Hey, look, I'm, yeah. we're, we're, we're <laughs> it's rough Whole families out. <laughs> and I, one of the texts literally said at this point, I wish I had the flu. That's how bad I felt. Uh-huh. And, um, I saw another text a couple of, I think it was like the 28th where I had text my wife and said the Acer event was canceled. And she yep. said, why? And I said, Coronavirus, coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got, we said we weren't going to talk about it. Dang it! Uh, it started getting real, and then man, it came March, out of left it just, field. It all out. <laughs> bringing it back around. Bring it back, baby. Okay, bring it back. So, anyway, so twenty twenty one. Yeah, twenty twenty came out of left field. Twenty twenty one. We're still going to be living with a lot of these things that right, we're living right, with right, now, right, right. but but we know what's up. But we know we know how to uh, hopefully manage it a little better, and so it won't be quite as out of left field. So um, let's talk about some of the things that we are are kind of most excited about, and we're just kind of going to go. Pardon the sirens. We uh, podcast next to a window in a downtown area. Oh, that one wasn't bad. They may not have no, heard. They it. went around it, somewhere. It, I thought they were coming down. It sounded yeah. like they were coming down. Um, so yeah, for for this section, we're just going to each kind of talk about the thing that we're most excited about and have a little discussion about. So. Robert, on you. What are you most excited about? I am. You got the timer said? Yeah, is that checking, he's looking at his watch? Like. I'm going to keep myself in check. The new studio. It. The new studio is going to have a big timer, timer up top. Yep. He's going to start it uh-huh. with a clicker. Uh huh. I'm going to just point up at the <clears> timer. Hey, we'll get you a big. We'll get you a big buzzer. <laughs> just get the taboo one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love that idea. Mm. I love that idea. Speaking of taboo, I saw an ad thing for a game we almost bought last night. It has something to do with throwing burritos. It's oh, made yeah. by the cat people, yeah. the Exploding uh, Kittens what, game. Yeah, yeah, what the heck's what the name is, of that? It's uh, I almost, Toss Burrito. Burrito, burrito yeah. Toss. Yeah. They have a video. You talk, I'll find it. They have a video showing you how to play the game, and yeah. I was like, we should have bought that. We were yeah. sitting there holding it like, I don't know, yeah. you have to throw a burrito at somebody? Yeah. Like, it's weird. Anyway. Yeah. So Throw, throw burrito. Throw, That's throw, throw yeah. burrito. Uh, yeah, look it up. Looks it looks pretty fun. Uh, look, it looks really fun actually. Um, okay, so my thing for 2021. See, I wasted one minute of my time. Wow. My thing for 2020. I'm probably no, it's not probably. I'm 100% most excited for is Coach Z. So if you have not been over to the website, 
I don't know, in the last month and a half. I've written Robbie about it a lot. Robbie has been writing about it once a week. He's not, <laughs> yeah. he's not obsessed. Yeah. I, I don't check the repositories every day for him. Huh. Uh, Robbie but, Payne getting obsessed over a Chromebook? What? <laughs> but, so, this is, if, if you're not familiar, um, quick rundown on what this is going to be. Um, it's one of the only Trogdor-based tablets, so it's Snapdragon 7C. We don't have any, well, we do have one Snapdragan 7C. We actually still have it here, uh, the one that Acer sent us early. Uh, that is Lazor, if you keep up with all these code names. Um, it's a um, really nice convertible, super thin, light, um, pretty well-specced device. Uh, it's in like some super weird developer mode thing, so we can't really comment on how the 7C is really going to perform because you can't tell from that at all. It reminds me of when we went to New York for the Acer, the first time we went to the Acer event, and they had the uh, <laughs> the clamshell version of the old version of this uh, Chromebook, and they were like, you can look at it, and like the mouse moved. That was it. We started clicking on stuff, and it just started freaking out. Like, it was not even close to ready, which it didn't launch for six that months. That was funny, because the developer was actually there, yeah, one of the and that guys. was his development device, yeah. and he's like, oh, it's in, uh, that's pre But like, then, he, then he got a selfie with us. Yeah, so, yeah was, that was yeah. fun. So that was kind of cool. Um, anyway. anyway. So it, it's in that it's not that bad, but it's in that kind of state. It's clearly sure. janky, and there's there's issues with it. So I can't comment at all from it on how well the seven C is going to perform. I have the feeling that once it's all ironed out and stuff, it's going to be really nice. Like it's going to, I think, be somewhere in the realm of a, a, a the Pentium Gold or maybe even like an eighth gen Core i three, kind of in that that range. Uh, so not mind blowingly fast, but not slow enough that it even you even think about it really too much. Um, and you know, paired up with enough RAM and internal storage, this thing becomes a workable machine. And so the outer parts is what gets really interesting. And Coach Z looks right now to be the only mm. Snapdragon 7C tablet. And not only is this thing a tablet, it's a detaching Chromebook. So it's already got uh, its its keyboard's code name is um, uh, crap Z, uh, which Coach Z said, you know. Uh, and it's based kind of on some of some of the same stuff that we have uh, with the uh, Pixel Slate keyboard. So, you know, they've, they've kind of worked all those kinks out with its detaching ability and all that kind of stuff. But this Chromebook also has a uh, built-in kickstand, which is awesome. It's got wireless charging. Uh, so you'll be able to wirelessly charge devices. It might only specifically be for, but it for sure will include wirelessly charging the, like, attaching pin that will go with it on the side. So a la uh, 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 iPad Pro that has the, just the mm -hmm. drop-on uh, charging place. There's a place for the pin. It's going to hopefully hold on nice and tight, and it's going to charge up there. That's going to be super sweet. The screen is 11 inches, which I've been waiting for an 11-inch uh, Chromebook tablet. It's 3 by 2 so it's nice and square like tablets should be. <laughs> like they should be. Yeah. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a quad HD screen. Um, so it's going to be plenty sharp. Um, and because it's Snapdragon, it should be nice and thin with crazy good battery life. Um, again, it's going to have a stylus that's built to, you know, for it. It'll be USI, but it's still, it's going to hopefully come with one or there'll, there'll be an accessory you can buy that'll go with it. Um, is there any other, what else is there about this thing? Is it the kickstand? Yeah, yeah, I said that already. Okay, yep. Um, I think I, I hope that's it. Quote, quote, quote. Um, um, I'm looking through my stuff. Oh, and just added the other day, it's got a fingerprint scanner. So it's a tablet. Uh, I've seen stuff where it's got two cameras. Obviously, there's one on the front and one on the back. But no no idea exactly how good those will be. Chromebooks, mm, they're never great. This Pixel Slate does have pretty decent cameras on it. 
Um, if they were something like that, that would be pretty cool. Um, not sure who's making it. I thought HP, because uh, there's a specific battery that's in it that's only in HP Chromebooks specifically. Um, but there's some other things I'm not going to let out that make me think it could be from somebody else. So I'm trying to figure that stuff out. Yeah, start out 2021 with that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> First yeah, article of 2021. Still not sure. Uh, I'm still not sure. And I don't know that I'm going to be able to figure it out, but I'm still looking around. Uh, it seems like the developers on some of these devices have taken breaks over yeah. the, the holiday. Yeah, sure. uh, so there's not a ton of stuff going on this last week. So that's me. I'm super excited for this because this is a device, I think, finally. like I wanted the Duet to be this yeah. in a way, but there's some restrictions full, for like, me. Like production machine too. Production, yeah. but it's go a tablet. play games. Yeah, it's a tablet, but you can also dock it and get work done. And, and so to me, like 11 inches for a 3 by 2 kind of screen is perfect. Like You get into the 12.3 inches like we had on... The HPX2, the yeah. Pixel Slate, just a little bit too, too much, too big yep. uh, to really use as a, a mobile device. And I think as a tablet only, the, the Duet is a great size. Like the 10-inch tablet's great. When you slap the little keyboard on it, the keyboard feels pretty cramped. And, and then like looking at that little screen, like yeah. that would be tough. And the, the keyboard doesn't like it's kind of slides around. Like we've seen people online yeah. that put like elastic bands around yeah. them, so it all kind of stays together. <laughs> like it's just it would be kind nice of, if it popped together. Yeah, it's just kind of a weird. Uh, and, it's, and it's fine like if it's like hey my kids love it and for the price i mean it's fantastic yeah. don't get me wrong but you know i don't want to undercut yeah. what i said earlier in this <laughs> podcast but like for i'm, I'm talking about for myself right like, I, i'm not willing to make all of those particular sacrifices on a daily basis and i probably would have tried to make it work i'm not gonna lie i probably would have bought like a weird laptop arm stand or something and done some, all kinds of crazy stuff if it just had proper output video yeah. output yeah. but i can't i can't dock it to my my setup at my desk because it can't do most monitor outputs. It yeah. does weird stuff. So, but the seven C will will hopefully 7C be able to do probably that. Probably won't have that issue. I found plenty of stuff about uh, USB yeah. uh, uh, Display Port stuff yeah. and muxes being added. So I mean, I, this shouldn't be an issue yeah. with the. And with, it should have. It could have worked on the the chip on the Duet, right? Like you all discovered that if the it mux, was just missing that it needs the, a mux on the board. Yeah for that that the chip itself is pretty restricted in what it can do on its own so, so it had to have an additional little piece yeah that we're, we're waiting off. for a bunch of kukui based devices which is the baseboard that the, the that device is uh, built off of there's a bunch of them still that we haven't yeah. seen yet and a lot of those have specific muxes being added and they'll probably handle all that stuff just fine and older mediatek devices handle it just fine like we plugged in some old uh like the acer r13 board type devices and they handled my big, huge monitor just fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's not, it's not really the chip necessarily that's the problem. It's, it is the chip needing that extra piece, that particular yeah, chip. But there, yeah. probably not going to be an issue because you got to think Qualcomm's used to pushing some really high resolution displays mm-hmm. with with their Snapdragon processors. But we're talking about a, a tablet that is going to be the right size. A, it's Snapdragon, it's Qualcomm. So imagine some gaming on this is going to be pretty decent it's not going to be like oh my god this is like gaming on a you know a gaming phone or whatever like you're not going to get crazy 90 hertz and turn everything up to max and never even think about it like you'll probably have to adjust some settings a little bit but the 7c is probably going to be good enough to play all the games you want to play oh yeah and oh by the way they're all written with snapdragons in mind because any developer making game for android has to consider snapdragon Absolutely. first and then everything else after yeah. uh, mediatek to a point too but um, and we've seen that like mediatek processors that aren't great the novo duet is not fast no. it's kind of slow but i can slap call of duty mobile on there Dumb. and it runs really well like 
not just like, oh, I could get by playing with this. Like, I played quite a few matches on it. Like, it's fine. And that's a really slow chip. So, you know, ARM ARM has some benefits here. Battery life, thinness of the device, and Android gaming. So, yeah, I'm imagining, you know, when we sit down and play PUBG, Boom, I'm, grab I would that pick thing. this thing up instead and play it. Because I loved playing on my iPad mini, but the... You know, having to just carry around another device, like, eh, it's sometimes here and sometimes home, whatever. I just kind of got out of it. But if it's my main work Chromebook and I just pick it up and play, I would play on a Chromebook now if it worked sure. on these Intel Chromebooks. So yeah. that that's exciting. I think it's going to have enough horsepower to get me through my day working. Uh, but it's also going to be a fun, enjoyable media consumption tablet as well. And I just, I don't know. I feel like 11 inches is enough to get a good keyboard in there, a decent size keyboard. So that's awesome. Um but the 11 inch screen at three by two ratio is going to be big enough. Um, it puts you on par, just like I said, with the spin seven thirteen. it's a three by two, 13.5 inch screen, but vertically it's like a 15.6 inch yeah. screen. And I've done the math an 11 inch three by two screen is vertically on par with a 13.3 inch. So it's like, it would be like opening up the pixel book go and just shaving off the sides a little bit. Yeah. So, all of those things sound amazingly great yeah. to me. So yeah. I'm looking very forward to Coach Z, whoever makes it. <laughs> yeah, just make whoever, it good. Don't, whoever don't makes it. cut corners. Make it awesome. Make it, make it, what, what do you Please. think price will be if you just had to guess? Hmm, Based on the tablet, specs that you know and the things that it has. And, tablet only $399. Yeah. Um, assuming assuming they don't go like ballistic with the internal yeah. on it or something. It's probably going to be at 8 gig. And then if you 60, got keyboard and pen and everything, you add maybe $150. 100. Yeah. 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 So I mean, so I think that'll be a four sweet to, device. Four to six hundred. It's going to be in that mid range. This yeah. is not going to be a Lenovo Duet. No. Like it's it's not. And, but and, Snapdragon and, stuff is too. And there's going to be, but there's going to be some other Duet type devices come out. There like is you specifically said, yeah. one, but there's only one. I wrote an article about this and this year too that you know the Duet was more unique than we thought. Like we just kind of assumed, like oh everybody's going to come out with a Duet of their right. own. There will there we're only tracking Apparently one not. other one. Yeah, I, mean, I really thought, especially with as as wildly popular as it is, still is, that someone a, else would try a it. lot of the you know even even dumb it down a little bit with more of a rugged case, and we'd see like more like the Acer Tab Ten versions of this device because this would be a great device for schools. The Tab Ten and the Asus and those. I'm gonna cut. It. I'm gonna cut this wire <laughs> off. I'm just going to hold it the rest of the show. Just hold it like that. (laughs) That, They're they're just, as far as durability and portability, they're great size and everything for schools, but you don't have the keyboard and that rock, that, no, the, yeah, rock chip. Which one? The tab tens. The, uh. Yeah, it's rock chip. They're just, they're bad. Yeah, they're real slow. I would not want to equip a classroom with those. No. But you give me a recognized version, which they have the 10E. Yeah. You take that and put it in a classroom and actually offer the keyboard that you said you were going to. That's perfect. Where'd that thing go? I can't believe Asus, (laughs) CTL, all these other makers haven't dropped these by the truckload. Well, and we were tracking so many Kukui devices, but from what we can tell, all of them are going to be like clamshells or convertibles, and they're going to be school devices. That's fine. Like, yeah. There needs to be those, and I think because we've been able to tell with the Lenovo uh, Duet that 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 processor for that type of stuff has been it's been really good. Yeah, uh, my for, kids have the Ten E's, and they never ever have an issue with. I mean, yeah. my my daughter uses Krita on it, and it, and yeah, it the screen's I mean, a little small for that kind of app, but it it runs great. Yeah, but like uh, my daughter and son both will play they'll play Roblox on theirs too. Like mm-hmm. after school hours, they've got Roblox on there and play it. And, yeah. 
So I mean, it's it, it's fine for that. I just it was surprising that we didn't see more a handful. Others. Yeah, like, uh, there's that one. Like I said, one other one. Yeah, uh, we'll cockadoo. See. That's yeah. that's is a tablet. But other than that, yeah. and I don't know who's making that one, yeah. but we'll um, yeah. But and, and and it's kind of the same thing with this Coach Z thing. Like Trogdor, there's only like six or five devices, and Coach Z is the only tablet one. The rest right. of them are going to be clamshells, kind of like this Acer Acer Lazor. Uh, yeah, Chromebook device, that we have yeah. here, and so um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I think everybody's trading very carefully with tablets. Um, it'll probably take this year's development cycle two, for people two to be iterations. Like, yeah, yeah, the tablets are working because yeah, that's cool. The Duet came out and probably surprised a lot of people throughout 2020 how well it was received. I'd love to see the sales numbers for that thing. I would too. But if you think like those development cycles had already started for devices that are going to start coming out now, it's not like they can be like oh. You know, scrap that. Let's let's make a tablet instead. You know, and so I would think we'll start seeing more tablets, uh, especially if Coach C comes out and if impresses. It, like if it, the, if the combo of those yeah. two devices is enough, I think, to make you'll people have start like, making. Yeah, you'll tablets. have your cheap one, and then you'll have your kind of more mid-range one that's you know has some other niceties yeah. on it. So I yeah. just wonder if when Google said I'm, we're not making tablets anymore, if all the Chromebook makers are like. Let's Maybe hold on we should these. also yeah. not. Yeah, do, which is so. probably not what they intended, but who knows? It was Google. Oh, so. Google. So, okay, so my, mine's going to kind of piggyback off that a little bit. And, and what I'm most excited about in 2021 is the evolution of ARM processors. And we've talked about this on this podcast <laughs> a lot. So yeah. if you listen to the Chromecast, you've probably heard us talk a lot about ARM processors and, and what they are and what they could be used for and everything. And what has me really excited about this right now is the new Mac Mini that we have in the office. So we were in the process of trying to figure out a new editing machine. Like we have this MacBook Pro here that is a 2016 model, and it is using whatever which which uh, which Intel was this that everyone crapped oh, on. Skylake. Skylake. Sixth gen. Yeah, and, it sucked in Chromebooks too. Yeah, and so it like it's fine. It does it, no for what to I any do. Of you that have Skylake Chromebooks. Yeah, I mean it's it's in this Mac. It's fine running Final Cut and doing GarageBand. It does those things fine. That's the main thing we use it for. But um, as we have talked about, you know, what we're going to do in the new year and how we're going to build YouTube more and have a more of a focus on that, we were like, yeah, we really need to get a different machine that can that can speed up that 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 rendering and exporting time. Because yes. for those of you that don't know, when you're working on a video, like all your editing and stuff, chopping it all together, that doesn't take that long. It's it's the processing of the graphics that you add. It's the processing of you know, any uh, uh, edits that I do, any color grading, all mm -hmm. of those things have to, like, process on the file, basically, like, yeah, in the project. Have, it, the, the computer has to go and add each of those things you did to every, every frame. Every single frame. Yeah, exactly. So, and so imagine editing thousands and thousands of photos at one time. And so a lot of my workflow was, was waiting on the computer to render and export, you know? And so... Um, it was just, it was just a, it was a bottleneck. And it if, is I, what it if was. I can interject too, yeah. like it, it was a bottleneck for Gabe and I as well, because the minute you start thinking about like writing an article and going, yeah. Oh, this would be cool to have like a three minute video exactly. component with it. Yeah. When I started thinking through the rendering and the barrier. export and all yeah. that stuff, it's like, mm, I can't wait all day. It's going to be a, it's a half day thing yeah. by the time we film like, it and we need edit to get this and out and forget it, yeah. you know? And so we would just kind of skip it. Yeah. So. And so, uh, so, so that was, yeah. So that, that was where we we're at. And we, we started doing research and we were going to buy, I mean, we were literally about ready to pull the trigger on a trash can Mac pro, um, so 2016. 2016 model or something, you know, but it had all the beefed out specs and, 
you know, awesome graphics card and a ton of RAM and, and whole nine yards, right? A, a true kind of traditional editing machine is what you would kind of think of this as. And then we started hearing rumors, rumors about the new Mac Silicon coming. And um, at that point, we were like, well, let's hold on a little bit and let's wait and see what this thing is going to do. And we started hearing some rumors about what this thing might be able to do. Well, then they announced it and the floodgates opened and every YouTuber, tech YouTuber, was talking about this thing and talking about what the M1 chip could do. And if you haven't heard on the podcast before, the M1 is an ARM chip. Mm-hmm. Apple will never say that. Apple's never going to say this This is an ARM chip. It's no. it's Apple silicon. Yeah. Um, but the but the, the cortex, the back end of it, is built on ARM, uh, as is, you know, Snapdragon or MediaTek or whatever. Yeah, they're yeah. all ARM. So... Um, <laughs> some of the some of the examples that people were throwing out there were just a little bit mind-boggling, and I didn't trust it, and I was uh, a little bit skeptical. Um, but we ended up deciding, hey, look, this is a new piece of tech. Like, this is something cool that we can get in the office, and we can at least test it. We can make some videos about it, talking about ARM and, and what this could do. And so we get it in, and to be quite frank, the first day was extremely disappointing. Yep. I was so sucked. bummed. Yeah, I was so. Yeah, we bummed, were out. Man. Was that on? Was that on a weekend? It was maybe? on a Saturday. I yeah. came in. To, I was so. Us. We got it in on Friday. I was so excited. I came in Saturday to get it all set up and 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 work on this video project. And it was a nightmare. Like you had to up. Like all the projects had to update for one because it's a new. It's technically a different version of Final Cut. Right. So all the projects I had to go through and and fix all this stuff and do all this. And it was just like the gr- the graphics that we use is from. Um, oh my gosh, Motion VFX is the company. Yeah, and the the like the menus and my 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 uh, effects menus and stuff were just like page was I'd scroll the page and then and then it'd scroll up. I mean, it's just so bad. Like I couldn't use it. And so I was texting the guys. I was just like, man, this thing is not good. Well, come in the next day and there was a huge oh, and, update. And by the way, you. Oh, the export stuff. The exports were not any. The faster. export was twenty something minutes. Yeah, I was so, like, we're, what yeah, is we're going looking on? this up. We, we're going to Motion VFX. Their website says all of their plugins are compatible with yeah, the new silicon. M1, and and I'm, we're like, I'm like, I've watched thirty videos yeah. on people using this. How yeah. is this possible? Yeah. And then he's like, Wait, I've got these updates. And the next thing yeah. you know, it's it was like, like a. We were so we put it next to the Mac and it was destroying. I have I have, I have a video I'm working on that will hopefully get out in early 2021. But the uh, let's just say it was. Uh, I, I guess I can say the figure. It was two point what six times faster. Yeah. 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 That fast. Yeah. So we're not talking about <laughs> cutting a few minutes off. Like, here. No. No. You're talking a 26 minute export on the Mac here in a. 10 minute export. Yeah, so we put on Joe on the hook for 200 videos in yeah. 2021. <laughs> You're going to make all just the videos. Kidding. Just kidding. Um, but, but yeah, it has so, removed some of those barriers. Oh yeah. my gosh, it's like, it has, man. Yeah. Like the video we just shot this morning, like I know full well that you'll get in there, edit it, uh-huh. have it exported and stuff by mid afternoon. Yeah. Instead of it being like, oh, it was a longer video. And so well, we got to let all that render. Because I mean, now as I'm working, it's rendering. And like, if and I even can pause for two seconds, stuff. yeah. Like, as, yeah, you I couldn't even be, work mm, on this machine. I could be, I can, I normally would have Chrome on this closed constantly because I had to be working on video projects. So yeah. Um, so anywho, yeah, we got the update to the Mac mini and it like, it just fixed everything. It was a huge update. It took like 45 minutes, which I don't know why I didn't get the update when I first powered the darn thing on. I don't know. Yeah, but that's weird. It was the next day. Cause I came in, I was talking with Gabe about how bummed I was. And remember we were sitting there talking yep. back and forth and we were talking about the motion VFX stuff. 
he was researching that and I was like, oh wait, hold on, hold on. And it said it, the little thing popped up like there wasn't any other notification. I go to update it and it and it fixed basically everything and it's been blistering fast ever since. So point is that is an ARM processor. It is a system on a chip, so it has all the stuff on the chip. And Gabe, literally, like Gabe, it's Gabe even more more SOC than most SOCs are. Yeah. Like we're talking RAM and everything. Every GPU is all right built there. in yeah. one yeah. thing. And in Apple, clearly, you know, <laughs> vertically integrated, they they build this thing top down, and and it's it is a fully integrated machine with an integrated chip that does exactly what they need it to do for their programs. Really, is what it boils down yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. And that just has me really excited about something like the uh, Snapdragon. If we if we see an eight C, I don't know if we'll see one in twenty twenty one. But I, th- I think there's probably even more excitement around MediaTek stuff. Yes, but the the ninety five, the eighty one ninety five. Yeah, that would be the ninety five would be the big one. The ninety two is what Acerata is built on. That it's been in development for some yeah. time now. But both of those chips are. are they're not just like, hey, this is a chip off the shelf that MediaTek's making work. It's they're made built for, Chrome for Chromebooks, and that's, that's that integration. Difference. It's that it's that integration that I think makes the Mac Mini so good, right? And, and what makes if Google will make their yeah. own silicon would make it and, awesome. I mean, too. All, like, all signs point to them doing that. And apparently, obviously. Microsoft's going to make mm-hmm. their own. Like this is going to be a trend. Like yeah. people have picked up, and again, Apple's doing what Apple does a lot of they times. They kind of set the bar. Yeah. They they set the bar and show people like. This is what you need to be doing, and if you're not going to do it, we're, we'll go ahead and do it, yeah. and we'll just do it well. Yeah. And Take everyone's going to have to kind of catch up. But right. you know, uh, Chromebooks are in a unique position that they've been using ARM chips for a while, and, and Chromebooks are fine on ARM, so that's not even a hurdle. Now it's a matter of, hey, how can we get ARM chips that are built for Chromebooks? that really leverage top-down Chrome OS and exactly what Chromebooks are good at doing. And yeah. it looks like MediaTek's on that on that verge. I don't know that the Snapdragon 7C yeah. necessarily will be that. Like, ARM is customizable. That's yeah. part of the benefit of ARM is that you can you can change and write things that, that and have it do other things, you know, and, and add drivers and add stuff to it. That Whereas Intel is just, here's what Intel does. Make your system work with it. ARM is way more malleable. Yeah. Um, but it's still Snapdragon. Yeah. It's still Qualcomm. Yeah. And so, like, I think it's going to work well. It's going to be great. If we ever saw a Chromebook with the 8CX, is that their very top one? Yeah. yeah. So that's what they've like, got in their Windows devices. Gnarly. It'll be yeah. awesome. But I don't know that it's going to necessarily be wildly better than what MediaTek will do with probably not as great a silicon that is in the Snapdragon 8C, but because it's, the integration. it's built for yeah. Chromebooks right. like that that matters so much with ARM and yeah. so and that's and that's what has me excited exciting. yeah because the the Mac mini has shown me like what a ARM processor that is top down built for a, a specific purpose can do yep. and i think that i think in general i think any sort of disruption like that in in tech is always good because let's be honest i mean in, intel has had their had the, had the reins for a long time, and, and mm-hmm. people have had to build products around their releases of their stuff. And yep. anytime you get some other options out there, it's going to push things forward. And I think this 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 Mac, like you said, is, is an example of Apple saying, hey, all right, we're just going to go do it, and we're going to go all in. And, yeah, I'm, and I'm sure they've been working on it for years. Yeah, it's um, not some small endeavor, no. but you know they have the clout to be able to just do it. And they go, delivered. Like yeah, th- there's some, there's some little hiccups. There's some software that 
isn't maybe perfectly, I, I don't have any, because I just use Final Cut on it. I don't have any of these right. other apps that people right. have talked about. But even Dieter said in his video, like all their Photoshop stuff, like they, The Verge uses all. Because yeah, they're running it all through. Creative Cloud, uh, Adobe. What's it called though? What's uh, their, Red, Rosetta. Rosetta. Rosetta 2. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, like he and said, said, it's working fine. Doing quite well. Yeah. So uh, A whole lot better than what we're seeing with yeah. emulation yeah. on the Snapdragon 8CX on Windows. Uh, and again, because <laughs> that was a bit of a nightmare. It's integration. <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. It's vertical integration yeah. because ARM. A lot of people get a bad taste in their mouth for ARM chips doing stuff outside of phones, because ARM gets slapped into stuff and then they try to make it work with it or whatever. And I'm like, you're not taking into consideration that ARM chips that are in these phones, like they're really working to integrate the entire phone system onto that chip. And to a point, Qualcomm kind of has that Intel syndrome. They show up and say, "Here's here's like our that chip. new 888 chip looks." amazing but yeah. they've kind of it set does, the bar it does these things yeah. now make your software go do these things yeah. versus a company choosing like apple that's why their chips have gotten so much better over the yeah. last few years because they have the reins over those a 13 a 14 x bionic whatever that they put in all their mobile right. stuff they get to mm -hmm. choose where the, the software team says hey we want this thing and then the hardware team can say hey well we yeah, can we can make this, the chip we do, do that. Do we can't do that, let's, but let's, let's go do this, this path. instead. Yeah. How about this path? And they're going, cool, we'll go that path. We'll go ahead and start doing our work yeah. on it. And you guys start doing your work. We'll meet in the middle. And yeah, it's, it's, that's, it's crazy. It's a different level of software hardware integration that is starting to really make yeah. Apple stand out from a lot of companies right now because they have that. And they've been... I've been cultivating that for years. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, those, um, those, I mean, the A12 really... <laughs> the 12 was the one that really <laughs> was, took it to it, the next it level. Was, it, some of those... Some of those uh, um, examples that I think uh, Jonathan Morrison had, you know, yeah. some of the processing that he was doing on that thing is like, good golly. And people so. didn't buy it. Like, he was even doing that and editing 4K video and all that stuff on the iPad Pro and trying to tell people, like, it, because people were like, well, that's just, you know, that's a mobile, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it doesn't matter. If the end result is the same file that you got matter. from your Intel-based Mac. It doesn't matter. Who cares no. how you got there? Like, the end result is the same, so... If you're using all the stuff that gets you there faster, and it's mobile and it has 20 hours of battery life, like wouldn't you? Why, why wouldn't you want that? So, so, so imagine. Just let's just talk theoretically here for a moment. A new Pixelbook. Let's just call it a Pixelbook Go to. Even just make the Pixelbook Go, go to. to the Go to. Go to. And it has Google Silicon in it, and it's all of these things that we've talked about. It's all this integration. It's all of them, like you said, with Apple saying, "Hey, this we want this to do this. We want this to do this." I mean, they could make a a, a silicon that goes in and they could sell it. They could, they could license it or whatever sure. to other companies if they wanted mm -hmm. to, to put this in their, their Chromebooks too. Right. But, but imagine Google doing what Apple did, because like Robbie said, you have these arm processors, these manufacturers that are creating these chips. And now media has media tech has partnered with Google and Acer and these other companies to, to really drill down and mm -hmm. make these chips perfect for, or as good as they can be for right. Chrome OS. But now you take Google who creates a processor from the ground up with nothing but Chrome OS in mind. Yeah, you remove all the obstacles because uh, you man. think, and hey, not, how are we going to do this? Well, we need to do it this way because yeah. this is how it works with Chrome OS. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying this, that what we're talking about is going to happen in 2021. My excitement, my, my thing here is just the evolution yeah, of there's these some, things. There's that, some big steps coming yeah, in 2021 yeah, for sure. Yeah. And rumor is Google Silicon may show up this year yeah, yeah. which and would be amazing it would be uh and, and obviously they're they're going to point that towards phones first uh is what the, all the rumors say 
that phones would like the Pixel phones would get that, and that's kind of why the Pixel Five and Four like kind of Pixel a, phones were weird this year because kind of a leftover type. Yeah, deal. they're like they're prepping for what they're going to do with their own custom silicon, and they need to. Yeah, I mean, frankly, they sure. need to, and if they're going to do it with their phones, they need to do it with Chromebooks too, exactly. and and start setting that bar because. There's not going to be any Chromebook manufacturer that shows up and go like, well, you know, we're going to make our own. ARM. We're going to take like, a leap out Dell, here, and Dell's <laughs> not going to start making an ARM yeah. processor. HP's not going to start making their own ARM processors. That's just not. It's not the way that they're going to ever work. But if Google said, "Hey, we've made one that is really awesome on Chromebooks," and it's hey, there's four there's three or four variations, and and then you think down the road, you know, instead of like right now, there are budget phones that are going to come out like. The, the new OnePlus 8 or OnePlus 9 apparently is going to have a budget version that's going to come with the 865 from last year. So one of the ways they cut price, take last year's chip. Well, if Google starts making silicon every same year, thing. same idea goes. You want to make a cheaper Chromebook, cool. Use the Google... Let's go back to OP1. Hey, uh, I like bring that, that name. I think the OP1 OP. was... A, I think it's a cool name so, for a chip. You know, <laughs> use the OP3 instead of the, the newest OP7. You know, it'll still get your job done and you can get it for a lot. You know, whatever. Uh, you know, I could see that being a thing in the future. I just, I don't I don't know they if do, it's going to play out that way, but it would take some time. I'm trying to think here. If they do like pixel for like phones, is there like a, a technical term that's something on the chip that they could use uh, to name? Okay, that's mine. <laughs> All right, moving on, Gabe. You're, we said this was going to be a shorter section and it is Your not. section was longer yeah. than mine. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, well, mine would have to be probably the leveraging GPUs on Chrome OS. Uh, so you have the ThinkPad C13 just dropped. It's officially sort of officially available now, and it's using uh, some of the nicer Ryzen 3, 5, 7 chips, but you get those Vega graphics. Next year, we're going to have the Ryzen 5000 series, which uses their new graphics architecture, their new Zen architecture, all that stuff, but you have ti- uh, Tiger Lake, Tiger Lake with... XE graphics and this is this is kind of where Chrome OS is right now you're getting better better optimization with Android apps you have the ability to use Linux apps but the devices are limited for a couple of reasons one because it's technically still a container virtual machine all that stuff but the GPUs even with full GPU access on a Chromebook which we have now actually just loaded uh, steam up right before we started the podcast and I fired up portal and it's, it's running really well these onboard GPUs that are on these chips are still pretty weak. Yes. No one's going to go buy a Windows laptop with one of these Core i7 chips with UHD Intel graphics as a gaming laptop. They just don't do it. But now you're going to have XE graphics that have power comparable to a mid-range graphics card, which is probably good enough for your average home gamer. Not, not a serious gamer, but your average home gamer. And the Ryzen graphics and then who knows what the uh, ARM graphics will look like. And then you're talking about getting into a Chromebook that can run not just gaming. I mean, gaming is awesome, but I'm talking about running full-blown Linux apps that need GPU support. You know, I've installed DaVinci Resolve on a number of Chromebooks. It installs and everything. The problem is as soon as it launches, it's looking for an actual GPU, and it does not recognize these onboard GPUs. That should all change. And then you're talking about, who knows? Maybe we get rid of the Mac. Comp- um, we're not going to, but you know what I mean. <laughs> maybe one day. But seriously, though, I dream. You're talking about somebody wants to do. They want to live in the Chrome OS universe, and that's all they want to do. Well, now they can install a real deal Linux video editor, whatever 
you know, other graphic graphic applications and stuff and fully leverage the GPU power that's on these newer chips. So I, mine's pretty short, but that I think that that, I don't want to say it's the end-all be-all for Chrome OS, but that will be kind of the last missing piece in the puzzle for Chrome OS's big evolution into yep. what Google now has on tap for it. Because 10 years ago, Google had no idea that Chrome OS would ever <laughs> be doing it. I mean, 10 years ago, Sundar yeah. wasn't going, you know, one day we'll be able to run Linux apps and we'll do Android. Right. We'll that wasn't even a thing, no. you know. Uh, you know, Linux will be coming out of beta in a couple of months and... Hopefully, Google has some kind of game plan for how they can present Linux apps to users without them having to mess with the terminal because nobody wants to mess with that. But as much as they're marketing to developers now, I would love to see them marketing to creatives and say, look, this Mm -hmm. Chromebook has the power on the graphics end to do the things that you want to do outside of just web apps because web apps are awesome and PWAs are awesome and they've come a long way and your average amateur YouTuber can use things like, you know, WeVideo and stuff like that and create good content. Mm-hmm. But for the serious creator who, who really wants to up their game, I think Chromebooks a year from now will have that capability. Well, and think too, like of uh, companies like Adobe that we're still waiting for them to show up with, you know, Premiere Rush, which is a mobile video editor that would be better than anything technically that we have at right. this point. Um, that That's exciting to think maybe, you know, maybe that's what they're waiting on. Uh, maybe that's why they've pushed it off. They know these GPUs are coming and then write their Android app to work with that. So that, that could be a thing. But I think it's even more exciting to think of the projects like Borealis that right. are being yep. worked on so that, you know, this is the project where they're building a, a custom container for Steam, uh, which if, if you don't know, Steam is just a, a game, uh, a gaming hub. hub. Yeah, it's not yeah. a streaming game service. No. It's you, you buy your stuff there and then you download it and play it. Like you, you could use it on Windows or Mac or whatever. Uh, but they're they're working directly with them to build a custom container to put Steam into to run it on a Chromebook. Yeah. And obviously these GPU-laden uh, Chromebooks are going to take full advantage of this. But then I literally, as you are saying that, I was just sitting there thinking like, well, what would stop any other company from saying, hey, we, we want that on a Chromebook. Like we're so serious about getting into the Chromebook space and being the first to do something or, or providing something that no one else has that we think would, would help our market share let's work with them to build a yeah. Linux container that we put our thing in. Exactly. So yeah, and I, what and would I stop think, Adobe yeah. from doing that? And I would say Google is already planned for that because you have Parallels does the same thing. Right. It's That's a custom container, um, and it all stemmed from the Linux project, Crostini. Sure. And then Borealis, I've seen the commits. It's it's going to be its own container. It's going to be yeah. it's going to work very much like Crostini, but it's its own thing. But there are flags for guest OS and guest VM and stuff like yeah, that. Yes, and... and Plug-in VM. Yeah, plug-in VM. So they're going to create a way for what Robbie was just saying. An application company or a software company or an OS company could say, look, we want to be able to run our stuff in tandem with Chrome OS. And Google's going to be like, all right, here's a custom container. Just throw your stuff in here and make sure everything works. And it's still sandboxed, so it's still secure. You don't have to worry about it, any integrity issues with Chrome OS. And you just click the button and it's there. Yeah. yeah, I mean it, that's and, exciting too. And if, it's, and if it's able to leverage all of the, right. the power, gets, the GPU, yeah, it right. gets down to the metal and actually uses everything in the Chromebook. Uh, you know, because there's also the the chance that you know external GPUs can work with with these devices. I mean, we're getting Thunderbolt four mm-hmm. uh, along with USB four. 
in these upcoming Chromebooks. So when you start adding all those things, we get back to that conversation we had earlier about the luster of high-end Chromebooks. There you go. This type right. of stuff that's is the what thing. you want to At the end of the for. day, on the Mac, on the Intel Mac, what's doing the brunt of the work in Final Cut? The graphics card, of right? Of course. Right. Yeah. So that's why a lot of video editors and stuff that they have machines that have they have a core i5 or they have a core i7 or whatever because the cpu is not doing the brunt of that work you need a good processor but chromebooks already have all the processing power they need they need graphics power yep you know you don't need a core i9 you know alder lake Mm. chromebook you need a core i5 comet lake and then you need some good graphics so that's 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 when you get dude you get a you get a samsung galaxy chromebook with a crazy graphics chip in it or whatever, however this is going to work, then you can go to a creative and say, hey, you can buy this $1,000 Chromebook yeah. that you know does all the awesome things and streamlined OS that is we all know and love about Chrome right. OS, but then you can do your whatever it is, you know, right. gra- drawing stuff or illustrating stuff or video stuff or yeah. photo editing stuff. Like, yeah, Cause whatever. I think like with steam, I think, I think Google's play there is literally just to, I mean, steam has a huge user base. Sure. I mean, there's a big community there. You get so many games there. I, I've, I've used steam for years and there's a lot of older games that are just never going to come to stadia or X cloud no. stuff like that. It's just not going to happen. This is their way to capture some of that user base. It's not because they want to turn Chromebooks into the ultimate gaming system. No. They've already done their gaming thing. Stadia is still around, and it's oh, still going to be play, around. for sure. That's their play, and that's what everyone else is playing, too. I mean, cloud gaming. Uh, just say wrote, what, say just wrote, <laughs> NVIDIA, yep. GeForce Now, 5X. Say growth. what you want. Cloud gaming is the future. Consoles are dying. I mean, that's just... Yep. I mean, <laughs> Chromebooks don't need that type of horsepower. They need it for other stuff. Yeah, you know, right. yeah, I can play Stadia all day on my Chromebook with four gigs of RAM, and I'm totally fine. And the graphics yeah. are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, alrighty. Well, dang. I guess that's it, folks. Yeah. Is that is that everything that we're excited about in 2021? No. <laughs> There's other stuff. No, <laughs> There's a lot of other. No. Stuff. That's all we're going to talk about. But today. after an hour and a half of talking, I think that's it for today. Yeah, so. Part two. We'll bring you <laughs> that one right. next time. That's right. But there's a lot to be excited about. I mean, yeah. Chrome OS is 100%. not just a browser anymore, folks. No. And we're excited about <laughs> it, and I think a lot of you that are listening to this are are as excited about this platform as we are. And and uh, so yeah, yeah and make sure you, make sure you're you're around next week on the site and everything because CES is still happening virtually, yeah. and we'll have probably before the next podcast we'll have some form of news to share but there's going to be news ces is weird this year but there's going to be news trickling out over the next three weeks but we'll probably have some stuff to share next week we'll probably have some stuff to talk about next week that's right yes like we ever have a shortage of things to talk about 2021 is going to be a really awesome year for for chromebooks but also for us as as chrome unbox and we have a lot of uh we're upgrading some gear we're doing some new things with the podcast and with youtube and you know, new and different types of articles, and Michael's crushing it and writing writing stuff that we wouldn't have written before, and yep. people like it, and it's it's so there's just there's just a lot of cool stuff. So stay tuned. Twenty twenty one is going to be awesome. But thanks so much for tuning in today, guys. We appreciate you all listening, and uh, we're going to link everything down below. We'll try to. Um, I know we talked about a lot of stuff, so we'll try to link everything. Uh, but if Robbie forgets something, just send him a nasty email. Um, all right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, folks. Yeah. Yay. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week. See you. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, 
make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com, and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.